Now, I'm, I'm a little bit tired because of, uh, you know, the school that I'm teaching is pretty intense. So the first couple of weeks have been like literally drinking water from a fire hose. So, but it's been good. It's the right place, and I love it. So if my accent is a little bit extra thick this morning, I don't apologize for that. Just, <laughs> just allow Holy Spirit translate for you. Amen? So it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you, love. Josh, it's good to see you, man. How about so, with that said, uh, oh, sweet Jesus, help me this morning. And it's interesting how the Lord just likes putting you in crazy places, okay? Um, and this morning, actually, like yesterday, I spent at least three hours, or even during the week, I kept on asking, Lord, what do you have for, the, for Sunday? He spoke to me about everything else other than the message. So, waiting for truth this morning. You know, so if you can navigate with me in the river, okay? Now, I know we use that phrase quite a bit around here, okay? So, if you knew and you're wondering what the river is, in Scripture, the river is represented, represents Holy Spirit. And as you can tell, the river can be very unpredictable. There's places where it's really shallow. There's places where it's really deep. You know, and I like to think about Ezekiel's river, where it's ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. And then there's sometimes, is Lord help, because you're drowning, which is a good thing. Okay, I'm at that point, Lord help. So, um, so actually my message came during worship, because that's exactly how the Lord said it was going to happen. I had a dream last night. No, last night, actually, on, uh, I think it was on Friday. And I'm kind of stubborn a little bit. And in the dream, the Lord showed me the succession of how actually my day was going to go. And I was assuming, well, maybe not. Or maybe I just misread it. Or maybe I'm just pro- maybe it's a processing dream. But literally, it is the way it is. So the message came during the worship part. So bear with me. And uh, so one of the things that, uh, that I was sensing from the Father this morning, there's actually two things that, uh, that he gave me. And both of them are... Pretty closely related. I'm not sure how I'm going to make the connection, but I'm going to share it and just trust Holy Spirit. Amen? So one of the things that, that how the Father says, he's, he's hungering for worship. Like there's a hunger that is in his heart for the true worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. And I'm not saying that you guys were not worshiping this morning. So this is not an accusation. Okay, it's not a condemnation, but there is an invitation that is coming from the Father's heart. And there's something about worship sometimes we kind of narrow it down just to one thing. We kind of seem to just think it's just when he comes Sunday morning and there's a worship team that plays music and they lead us into his presence. Now, there is that aspect of it, but there's other aspects where the Father really wants to be invited into. In our lives. And one of the things that the father started speaking to me was. I want every place in your life. It doesn't matter what kind of place it is. Whether it's good or bad. He said I want that invitation into that place. And even you inviting him. And allowing him to be in those places. That is an act of worship. When you're at work. And you ask him for the Lord for wisdom, how to navigate a particular situation. That is an act of worship. 
And worship basically is you paying honor and reverence and taking a lower seat, saying, Father, you are greater, and my whole entire trust is in you. My whole entire life is in your hands. So I want to eat from your hands every single time. So no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on in my life, I do desire for you to be always a big participant. Are we good? So I felt that from the Father this morning, that he wants us to invite him to every particular part of our life. You know, one of the people that, when you think about um, Abraham, for example, that guy was a worshiper. And it wasn't just the sacrifices that he was making. Those places where he would make, he would set up small monuments where he would do remembrance to the Lord or he would lay out sacrifices before the Lord. But his whole entire life was a worship. From beginning all the way to the time that it was time for him to go back to the Father. All that was worship. And you can see in Scripture how... The father related to him and what the father called him. What did the father call Abraham? Friend. Okay, that was the second thing that the father gave me was friend, that he's looking for friends. So he was connecting the friendship thing with the worship thing. The friendship and the worship. The friendship and the worship. And Abraham was such a friend to God. That his reverence and honor of God was so deep that there was nothing that the Lord wanted to hide from him. Even at the worst judgment that he was going to make on Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, Lot was in that place. And the Lord said this, you know, I'm, I'm fast forwarding, hopefully you've read that story. Where the Lord said, surely, should I not, should I keep these from Abraham? I mean, when you think about that statement. Well, God is saying, should I keep this for Hebron? Surely not. I got to tell him what the plan is. I got to tell him what the plan is. So obviously the Lord tells him the plan. And you can tell the deep friendship that Abraham had with God. Because what did he do after that? He started doing what? Asking and pleading. And the way he was asking was such reverence. And he kept on saying, how about this? How about if there's this many righteous people? Will you destroy it? So for that many people, I will not destroy it. And this is an ongoing conversation between God and Abraham. And you could see Abraham's heart in the place. You could see where Abraham was coming from. And you could see that he felt comfortable to actually make those kind of requests to the Father. And I feel like that's the invitation that the Father is calling us into. Saying, listen, I want to be your friend. And I'm looking for that friendship. Where I want to divulge every single secret that is in my heart. And the Father guaranteed that in the New Testament. By making sure that we have who? Holy Spirit. That never a day will we ever feel forsaken. Never a day will ever not know. What we're supposed to do. Because he's the constant companion. The spirit of the father. That who's supposed to lead us to all truth. Number one. But also. He's supposed to tell us what. What is to come. So there is a friendship. That we have to allow ourselves to cultivate. 
I'm being careful how I'm saying it because I don't want to put false yokes on you or you feel condemned about that part. But there is a free invitation that is coming from the Father. And how the Father said, I'm looking for friends. I'm looking for friends and I'm looking for worshipers. And in that relationship that you see Abraham with God himself, the worshiper and the friendshiper were so, they were inseparable. They were so tied together. Mm. Mm. You know, there's something about friendship that, like real true friendship, you know it will be tested, right? I don't know if he's going to say amen to that. <laughs> but true friendship will be tested. I remember... I'm still friends. You know, he was one of my best friends. We're still best friends. He's in Kenya. And both his mom and my mom were single moms. So we lived in the same apartment, one bedroom apartment. So obviously there was a lot of share. And boys will be boys. And we're trying to figure out where our boundaries were. Okay, boys do that. Okay, you try to test the limits to find out where the limit is, right? So me and him one day, man, we got mad at each other. And we got into a feast fight. Like Larry. I mean, feet so flying everywhere. You know. And uh, we came to a point where we exhausted ourselves so much that it was just a tie. <laughs> I mean, we were sitting there just laying on the floor, just exhausted. And then we started laughing because it was just so silly. But from that day, we understood our limits were. And our friendship was actually more tighter than before. With Abraham... If you look at his life, that friendship was tested. Because the places where the father sent him sometimes didn't look like the Lord cared. To a desert. Sacrifice your one and only son that you just got miraculously. On top of that, your oldest son, he needs to go away. Mm. But yet in the midst of all of that. There was never a time Abraham ever cursed God. Because he valued the friendship that he had with the father. He valued that friendship. That even in that part, he said, you are a good friend to me and you've been a good friend to me. So whatever you ask of me, I'm going to lay down. Knowing that a good friend will will always do what is right. Anyways, and today it's not even a preaching, really. It's just more an exhortation, okay? That's what I really felt from the Father, just an exhortation, just an invitation. Here's the other thing that, uh, that I was thinking about. I was thinking about Moses, okay? God said what about Moses? Everybody else I speak through what? Dreams and? But with Moses, I speak to him face to face. Was that just, ex- was it just for Moses? Was it just, just reserved for Moses? But I think sometimes in our mindset we feel like, well, that was just a special situation. But he was a forerunner for something. He was a forerunner. Pointed to something greater. 
pointing to something greater. And to fast forward into the New Testament so that, because time was, I have to be sensitive about time. If you go into the New Testament, all those sacrifices that Moses had to do to teach the people to be able to enter into the presence of God. In Hebrews, he kind of expounds on that again a little bit more. Okay? Where he says, listen, the way Moses had to enter, we don't have to enter that way. Why is that? Because the one that made the ultimate sacrifice did it for once and for all. So that by his blood, we are forever cleansed and have the right to come to the Father's place and meet him face to face. No, no veil whatsoever. There is no limitation. So Moses was just pointing to something greater. Was somebody else who's going to lay his life who said this. Greater, love us now than this, than what? That one should lay the life down for who? For his friend. And Jesus said this to the disciples. I no longer call you servants, but I call you what? Friends. I mean, it's, the invitation is pretty clear. So the part that I felt the Holy Spirit also is emphasizing to worship was this. Sometimes we're coming to that worship for like we need to somehow have had a great week where we had not messed up whatsoever. Try that. <laughs> Just keep on trying. <laughs> I think you'll be very disappointed after like 20 years of trying it. But the truth about it is this. As it says in Hebrew, everything is laid bare, right? Before he's, for him, everything. Okay? He sees everything. He can divide what? Soul and? And? Yes. All that he can divide out, right? And he goes on. Okay, this thing has been built up. Okay, I'm cutting out a lot. And he goes on to say, if that's the case, if he knows all things and nothing is hidden from his sight, if you look at the rest of that chapter, what does he say? Therefore, therefore, we have who? A high priest who has gone before us. Yes, who's gone before us, right? That has actually laid down his life with his own blood. That we may have access to what? The throne of grace that we may still help in our time of. So if you look at that part, what is actually preventing you from coming before the Father in faith? To worship in spirit and truth. What sin did he not die for that somehow that Sunday you're not able to come in? What is it? There's nothing left. So no matter how far you feel that you've fallen over the week, there's not a minute that you separate from the Father other than what you allow to be the lie in your mind. Because his blood not only has it cleansed us now, but for all what? All 
eternity. So therefore, the invitation that the Father is giving us, not only to be his friend, but to also be true worshippers, is to, is so that we can understand this. There is no barrier, number one, between us and the Father. Because the Son has done what he needs to do. And we forever have access to him. So I just want to encourage us this morning that as we come Sundays or even whatever during the week, at the end of the day, allow the blood of Jesus to do what it does best. And you don't need to carry anything to the next day. Do you know why? Because what does it say? His muscles are new. Every morning, either that is true or not. The friendship part gives you that comfort. Because you get to be so close to him. That you know that he knows that he knows that he knows. And that gives you a certain level of comfort. It's like you being so intimate with one of your friends to the point where no matter how much you mess up, they still love you there. Same. Nothing changes when they look at you. Nothing changes when they're with you. That friendship thing is a big deal. Mm. Help me, Holy Spirit. Think about this, right? King David. From the time he was a shepherd, out in the fields, killing his lions and bears, to him writing all those psalms, singing to the Lord and worshiping to the Lord, his friendship with the Lord was so close. To this point, that even when he failed miserably, he felt so miserably. Yet at the same time, in that whole event that took place, even though there was consequences that followed, the prophet Nathan said what? You have been forgiven. Okay? You've been forgiven. But here's something that will not leave you firmly. Just because that's some of the consequences. But yet at the same time, the father never abandoned him. He was never abandoned ever. Any one place. And here's David fasting that he's only son that was born out of wedlock will not die. Right? But yet, the son what? The kid dies, right? I don't know if it was the son, but the child dies. But what does David do right after that? Gets up, takes a shower, and goes where? And does what? Worships. He goes straight into the Holy of Holies and start communing with the one who loves him. That's a friendship right there. They're okay, fine. He didn't say my baby. But yet, I love it this much. Because I know that you're a good friend. So here I am again. To give you adoration. To give you the praise that is worthy you. Whew. Amen, Lord. Help me this morning, Jesus. I totally be kind of navigating the river. Amen. So there's this invitation that we have this morning. I just want to conclude with this. There's this invitation we have this morning. Friendship, worship. The worship part 
There's not a time we should not be able to come before the Father in spirit and in truth. Because the provision has already been made. And there's no barrier holding us back. I don't care what kind of week you've had. His blood is even more greater. His grace is even more greater. What does it say in Romans? Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. It doesn't mean it's a license to sin. But yet at the same time, his extravagant love and grace is beyond every mistake we'll ever make. And his friendship is not a flaky one. His friendship is a full commitment. And I know that we've not experienced that as humans a lot. But with the Father, that is an invitation. To see whether he's that good. To see whether he's that good. And in my own life, I can say, yes, he is that good. He is that good. Every event that has happened in my life that is major has to do with job, for example. The father has spoken to me ahead of time. When I was at the school that was affiliated with the church, two years before it closed down, the father said, it's time for you to go. I didn't even know. He just said, it's time for you to go. And what I normally do every year, I ask the father, do you want me here next year or not? And that's always my question. Do you want me here next year or not? Do you have, is this a place that you have for me for this year? And he'll say, come back, come back, come back. Then finally, the father says, this morning, he says, your time to go. Then two years later, it's gone. School's gone. Had another opportunity. That opportunity, the Lord actually led me into that opportunity through other dreams. And Lyra ended up there. Was this for seven years. Before that, clue, before that school closed down, when the lady felt like the Lord was taking her to a different direction, the Lord gave me another dream. And that night, the dream I get it, like that night, literally, like 3 or 4 in the morning, I check my email, and here's a message saying, hey, I'm only thinking about shutting down the school, da, 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 all these things. The Father wants to give you those things. Because he's a friend to you. He's not looking for you to get blindsided. Now, it doesn't mean that everything he's going to tell you. There's some things you're just going to have to navigate by faith, period. All of his by faith, but some things he just doesn't say. He didn't tell Abraham everything. But yet Abraham had to trust him. That he had good intentions towards him. And the fact that what he's done before was enough to prove to Abraham that he has good intentions towards me. Same thing for me with everything he's done up to this point. There is enough evidence that his intentions are pure, true, and absolutely trustworthy. Like absolutely trustworthy. So it's not like he has to do something every day for you to be convinced. But if you have a trail of things that he's done continuously, then guess what? That is enough proof that he's going to keep on doing what he wants, what he desires to do in your life. And that's to prosper you. Not a homie for you to have a hope and a future. That, either that is true or not true. But it does not mean that there will not be trials along the way. But yet those trials are what? Light compared to what? What is to come, right? Very light. It's a light affliction. It's a light affliction compared to what he has for us. What he has in store for those that love him. Sorry, I felt like I was yelling. (laughs) It's an exhortation. (laughs) 
So I just want to encourage you this morning. I mean, there's days I come in here, I feel like I'm just flat. But the Holy Spirit says, it's not whether you're flat. Give honor where honor is due. Give honor where honor is due. Your honor is all the fathers. And when I come in here, whether I feel it or don't feel it, by faith I just step into that realm. And most of the time, he meets me at that place. Even when I feel like I'm not sensing nothing. But he does every single time. How many of you have come to church where you feel so heavy, and then when you leave, it's like you feel so light? Mm. So, worship and friendship. The woolly tide. The woolly tide. So take the invitation this morning. Amen? Take the invitation this morning. That's what was in the Father's heart. And that's what he gave me for this morning. Amen? That's it. Amen. Let's respond to that this morning if we can. If you feel like you've been separated from God as a friend, you know, like Marlon was saying when the Lord said, I no longer call you servants. If you feel or come from a background where you feel like you have to do something to get in right with God and you don't feel close, I want you to respond to this this morning. And also, if you feel like you're not good enough to get in on worship, right? That your week hasn't been good enough. So I just want to pray for us this morning before we leave, especially if that's you. Lord, thank you for calling us friends. Thank you for opening the door wide open, for ripping open the veil, and for giving us direct access into your place of worship. Lord, I pray that you would touch us this morning, help to break off the bad thinking that we've had if we think we're not friends. Lord, help secure in us that friendship with you. Draw us into deeper relationship with you, Lord. Draw us into deeper relationship with you, Father, with you, friend, with you, Abba. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I just want to say this. I had the privilege of serving on a jury trial this week, and it was very interesting because I was really torn about the evidence because, you know, they direct you that you have to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that this person is guilty. And so all the, the state brought the evidence forward against this person, and the lawyer defended um, the guy, all the evidence, and was really torn. I just, just didn't feel like it was there. And you know, of course, you're going in a room with twelve jurors that you don't know what they're thinking. And um, but pretty much, we all felt like there was not enough evidence there. And I felt so relieved that they were feeling that way too. It was just a relief because it's a heavy burden to send somebody because this particular person was a convicted felon and was going to go back to prison for 10 years for what he was accused of. And the thing I came away with is so cool. is feeling like this this morning. Do you know what? There is not enough evidence here to convict us because of the blood of Jesus. And it was the best feeling that day to say not guilty and for us all to be in agreement saying not guilty. 
And I just want to say that today. We're not guilty because there's not enough evidence in this courtroom to convict us anymore because of the blood of Jesus. And that is why we are friends with him and we can freely worship and we have free access is because the blood of Jesus now declares us not guilty. So amen. Say not guilty. Not guilty. All right, we got one more family business to take care of this morning. We got a lot going on. We're so glad you're here. If you're visiting, we love life. And we love doing things with our family. Betsy, can you come up here, please? Betsy Morley is going to be moving away. She's moving on Saturday. I think you're going out closer to the beach, aren't you? Georgia. I was going the wrong direction. So Betsy's moving to be with Georgia. Betsy's been a part of our family for a long time. Yeah, come on up. If you're close to Betsy, come on up. Let's pray for her. I know Betsy's relationship with River Life goes back longer than River Life has been around. (laughs) Betsy goes all the way back. Yeah, I can't. So all the way back to Lamb's Chapel and the family there, which has been our spiritual heritage. And Camp Morley is, I've heard Camp Morley 20 times. So I'm going to talk about it. Camp Morley is um, named after Betsy's husband who we love, who passed away too early. And we've been able to dedicate, he loved kids, and we've been able to dedicate our youth camp, annual youth camp to him. And so you really leave a legacy, Betsy, in this church. Your DNA is our DNA, and we love you. Betsy's quiet. People, a lot of people might not know Betsy, but her heart is such, so intense with hospitality and love. And Lord, we love Betsy. Lord, we pray that you would go, go ahead of her, Father. Go before her, Lord. Lord, that she would take River Life and all that you've done here with her as she goes. Lord, we know that you have good things ahead for her. Lord, this is just the next chapter in her story, and you're excited about what's going to happen in Betsy's life. Lord, as she gets even closer with her family and, and takes this step, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen, Lord. Lord, and we thank you for the time that we've had Betsy here (laughs) and are part of our family. Lord, we're so thankful. Lord, we just want to release uh, the blood, what we talked about, the blessing of Abraham, who you said has been blessed in every area of her life, his life. And You've given us that blessing in in Jesus Christ. And we just call it forth over Betsy today. And in Betsy, over her health, over her finances, over her, with her children, that she's going to be living close, her grandchildren. Lord, we just release all that, Lord. And we just declare that her future is better than her past, Lord. That you will cause that to happen for her. Lord, that she's really not a widow ultimately, Lord, because you you declared that your maker is your husband, Lord, and I just pray that somehow the reality of all that would be would be practical in her life and be made manifest in her life. So we bless her, Lord. We send her off with love and, and grace, Lord, and we thank you for Betsy Morley and all that she represents in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. Give Betsy a hug today before she leaves. 
All right, I'd like the ministry team to come on up. We always want to extend a time of ministry to folks. So we want to be able to pray for you before you leave today. So if you need prayer for something that you want to respond to about today's message, come on up. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to respond to something other than that, if you need healing, please come up and get prayer before you leave this room. Please come up.